Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. So today our scripture comes from Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 22. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Sakath and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we do pray that your light would shine on us, that we would know your truth, we would know your word, and, Lord, that you would teach us right here where we are. Lord, we all know that We bring some brokenness. We bring some confusion with us. So bring your clarity and bring your presence today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So we are about 150-ish days into this sort of pandemic wilderness experience that that we are all in. Um, As uh, we have all said things uh, like abundance of caution, we've heard that phrase time and time again unprecedented time. I saw a coffee mug that said, I miss precedented times, um, that I thought that's a a pretty good uh, coffee mug. Um, And and we're all trying to live this sort of one day at a time. We don't know what next week will look like or next month uh, um, or, or whatever is in the future. We can't see very well. And it's really this sort of wilderness experience for all of us. Because we do not know what it looks like on the other side or, or when we're going to get there or how we're going to get there. Um, but, but the wilderness is, is not just a pandemic thing, but, but it's actually a situation that you and I find ourselves in from time to time. The wilderness is any experience where you are unsure how to get out of it or what you will need in order to get through it. And so there's lots of experiences that you or I have that's this sort of wilderness. I'm not sure what I'm going to do or how I'm going to make it to the other side. Um, sometimes it's uh, when you get a diagnosis and, and this new diagnosis and you're not, you're not sure what it's going to take to get you from here to there. Um, maybe it's a transition in life. And, and so you're um, in this transition. You're not sure what it looks like to be settled and, and what it looks like to find a place of, of, of normalcy or of home. Um, there's what something happens and we're not sure what the other side looks like or what it's going to take for us to get 
from here to there. And so there's lots of experiences. I think about our college students uh, who are freshmen who are entering into the wilderness of, of college right now. Um, and, and not only do they not know what it's going to look like this year, but, but what is it going to take for them to get to the other side? And, and maybe they're not as anxious as their parents are about them entering into this wilderness experience. Because often the wilderness is marked with confusion, with fear, with anxiety, and with despair. Um, because when we walk into a situation of unknowns, when we walk into a place that we've never been before, um, we're not sure which way is up. We're not sure what to do or what is the best way forward. Um, and there's lots of, uh, think about walking in a wilderness or a jungle and you hear all these different sounds and you're not sure which one you need to pay attention to. And often that, that leads to fear um, because, because we're afraid of what we don't know. We're afraid of the unknown and, and we're afraid of what might be around a corner that we cannot see. And, and so we're going to try to do anything that we can to, to be to not be afraid of the unknown, but often we find ourselves anxious. I think we're anxious people, and especially when we, when we don't know the way um, or we don't know what's ahead, there's a great anxiety about this. Um, I remember I went on a trip to Atlanta one time, and, and I'd never really used public transportation, used the MARTA system down there in Atlanta, and I just remember being so like overwhelmed initially, like, what if I get off on the wrong stop? What's going to happen? And and, and how is this going to work? And all that sort of stuff. And, and after, after doing it for a little bit, it, I wasn't anxious anymore, but it just that initial anxiety crept up. And then, of course, it's sometimes despair. Now, Rob Bell, he said this, despair is a spiritual condition driven from the belief that tomorrow will be just as bad as today. And, and this is what I think some of us are experiencing right now is Tomorrow doesn't look any more hopeful than today does, and it's not going to look any better than yesterday. And this is what I think can happen in the wilderness, is that we begin to be despaired because we don't, know, we don't know where that light at the tunnel is, and we don't know how to get from here to there. And so kids, if you've got your notebooks or you're at home and, and you have um, your uh, pieces of paper, we invite you in box one to, to draw your own maze, because uh, that's sometimes what the wilderness feels like, is this maze in which we go through. Now, as we, as we see this wilderness, oftentimes we're overwhelmed by it, but here's what we know, is that the wilderness is also a great opportunity for growth, is that it can become a place in which we can be transformed, in which we can become new people. It can be such a transformative experience. I would imagine that if I asked people in the room, where is a time in which you've grown or learned a lot, most of you would tell about a time in which you went through something that you had never gone through before. Uh, maybe it was an illness, and, and that journey through that illness taught you a whole lot. Maybe it was a move, and you moved from one place to another, and in that transition, you learned a lot about yourself. Maybe it was in one of those transition seasons, right? Um, college, you learned a lot. Getting, just getting married is a season of transition. Having kids is a season of transition. Um, I used to think I knew what parenting was because I saw it happen, but, but parenting is a wilderness because you don't really know what to expect. You don't know what three o'clock in the morning, what you're going to be like at three o'clock in the morning with the crying baby until you're there, right? There's this wilderness, all right? But it's a great season of opportunity. And so one of the things that we have to understand is that any wilderness experience can be a learning opportunity, can be a growth thing if we allow ourselves to do it. But so many of us, we just want to get out of the wilderness, all right? But what if God wants us to get something out of the wilderness, we just want it to be over. I imagine that if I came with a new 
a sleeping pill that would put you asleep until this whole pandemic was over. Some of you would be like, sign me up today. I'm ready. I don't care if it's two months or two years, just sign me up. I just want it to be over with, right? But what if God is wanting to do something in our midst? And what if this can become a path of growth for each and every one of us? And so we have a choice because there is nothing that's going to put us asleep until this is over. So you can either try to survive the wilderness, all right, or you can trust God and thrive through the wilderness. And so we have that choice today. Are we going to survive and just merely get by, or are we really going to trust God and get out what he wants in the midst of whatever our wilderness is? Because while we're the first that's going through COVID-19, these seasons of, of transition and of wilderness are not new to God's people, and they're not new to God. One of the most famous stories of all of that is the Exodus. And so let me just tell you a little bit of sort of history before we get to our text today. And so God's people were, were living in Egypt and they were enslaved by Pharaoh. And they had to work all day, every day, 24-7, work, 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 work. This was their reality and they were slaves. And they were, they were in Egypt for 430 years, generation and generation and generations of people enslaved. What does it do to your mindset when all you know is slavery? And so they cried out to God and they said, Lord, save us. And God sent a leader by the name of Moses to come and save them. And so Moses went and he confronted Pharaoh. He said, um, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, right? Oh, baby, let my people go. Exactly like that. All right. And, um, and, and Pharaoh said, no. And then God sent these plagues. He sent a variety of plagues, like frogs, um, lice. He turned the water to, to blood, locusts. And the last plague he sent was the death of the firstborn son. And anybody who didn't have the blood of the lamb above the door, um, would, the firstborn son in that family would die. And so when Pharaoh's son died, he finally relented. And, and he sent, he freed the slaves and sent them along the way. And their life changed in an instant. They went from being slaves who knew what every day would bring, even though it was brutal, to being free persons who had a new pathway and a new opportunity in life. And just like that, their life changed radically and their life changed completely. Now, one of the things that I notice is sometimes we prepare ourselves for big life changes, right? And so if we're going to move, we, we select our house, we pack up our boxes, we do all these things to prep, we, um, we get ready and we get to jump into it. And, and maybe we read books on, on parenting, right? I remember when, when we first, uh, um, when Heather was pregnant, what to expect when you're expecting, right? You want to learn all these sort of stuff. Sometimes you can get prep for a major wilderness season, all right, but other times it's just thrown at you and your life has changed in an instant and you weren't ready for it. Your situation has changed, but you haven't. And you have to catch up to this new reality. And that's what often happens in these wilderness experiences is you weren't ready for the doctor to tell you it's this. And so your mind is turning and you're wondering what could happen. And, and, and is God really at work in the midst of these wilderness experiences. And that's what this text tells us is how God is at work. And what does his pathway in the wilderness look like? Because they, they needed to go and to follow God. Now, one of the interesting things at the very beginning of the text, it said this. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. 
But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And so you can see it here on our map, right? The, the blue line is the way of the Philistines, just right up there by the Mediterranean Sea. That's the short way. But God led them down the, the southern edge, down by the Red Sea in that way. Now, one of the interesting things to me, um, and I just think about being a kid, is when I'd, we'd go on road trips or go on vacations, I would bug my parents, is this the quickest way? Is this the shortest way? I did not want to spend time in the journey. I wanted to get to the destination as soon as possible. I, I, I thought that vacation was about where you ended up, not what you went through. But now that I'm a parent, we see things a little bit differently. And so um, earlier this year, we, we went to Florida on a vacation. And I know my kids wanted us to get there as fast as possible and to get home as fast as possible. But we wanted to, to see things because that's what parents do. They're like, oh, we want to see the sights. And so instead of going the quickest way on our way down, we went through New Orleans and we saw the French Quarter and we um, saw kind of what life was, was like down there. And then on our way back, we, um, we hit multiple different sort of things. To um, We went through Montgomery and saw the, the Civil Rights uh, Museum they, that was out there. We went by Selma and, and saw the Edmund Pettus Bridge. We went up to um, one of our favorite things, especially our youngest son's case, and he, he's fascinated with Elvis. And so we went to Elvis's birthplace home, which you know is about yay big, all right? And then we went by Graceland, which you know is about yay big, right? To be able to, to see this. And um, we went to the Lorraine Motel um, where, where Martin Luther King was shot. And, and, we, and we took the, the scenic route. Um, but it was also a place to be able to see and experience things that we wouldn't have otherwise experienced if we were only concerned with getting back home to our destination. And so one of the things that we see is that God's pathway often is a pathway of growth because it takes us places that we wouldn't otherwise go and we can see and experience things that we otherwise wouldn't experience. But also, God is here to protect us in the midst of it. Is that God was protecting the Israelites from the Philistines and from themselves. Did you hear what it said there at the beginning? He did not lead them by the way of the Philistines because lest the people change their minds and see war and return to Egypt. He knew that they weren't ready to even see a war, let alone participate in one. And so his way of a strange way was actually to serve to protect them. And that's one of the things that I think is so important because oftentimes we think, oh, God, I know which way to go and, and just um, this is the quickest way, so take me this way. But then when God leads us along another way, maybe there's something, some way that God is protecting us that you and I can't see. They wouldn't have necessarily have known the enemy that was between them and the promised land. But God knew and he was trying to protect them. And so maybe that's part of what you and I need to know and experience is that God is trying to protect us in the midst of it. Yes, there may be a shorter, quicker way, but it may not be the safest way. And so God is trying to protect us all in the midst of the wilderness. And so in kids in box two, I want you to draw a way in which you believe that God protects you. All right. Now, the best gift that God shows us, and, and again, over the next um, few weeks, we're going to be looking at the lessons we can learn from the wilderness um, and, and the various ways in which God meets them. But the best and biggest way this week that God meets them is through his presence. You, you, we heard it here at the end. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. 
the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. And so this is what God gives is day and night, a tangible sign of his presence. I mean, just imagine the comfort it probably gave those folks as they were walking along the journey to look up and to see that pillar of cloud moving ahead. Or at night when they were all laying down and that that fire was just at the front of the camp and they knew that God was with them. And one thing I know is that we want that as well. I mean, God, if you would just give me a little flame, I don't need a big flame, just a little flame that would show me where to go, all right? Or Or would light up what I need to say. This would be a wonderful way to live. And if, if you would just do that, God, I, I would be a lot better. And, and, and while we don't have that tangibleness, we have the intangibleness of the Holy Spirit. As I think about the cloud, I think about the Holy Ghost and this, this, this cloud of the Spirit that, that permeates life. And the fire, that's another image for the Holy Spirit, that God has given us these pillar of clouds and fire for us through the Holy Spirit. But so many of us aren't looking for it. All right, we're so busy trying to figure out other things that we're not looking for this sign of God's presence with us. And so they had that gift, but I think that gift is available to us. And often, and one of the great things is that didn't, he didn't give them the whole map and say, this is where you're going to go day one, day two, day three, day four. He didn't lay out the itinerary, right? We like the itinerary. We want to see everything that's going to happen. Some of us more than others, all right? If you make the itinerary, you like the itinerary, all right? There are others of us who are like, just tell me when to show up and where to go, and I'll be glad to go along for the ride, all right? But God doesn't give us the whole plan. He gives us his presence for the next day. And one of my favorite pieces of advice, and you've heard me say it before, is this. If only the next step is clear, take it. We want to, we don't want to move until we see the whole path, but if only the next step is clear, then that's enough for us to take because this is a sign of us trusting God. And so I'm just going to take the next step and then the next one when it becomes clear because this is the way that God works. And one of the ways that God speaks is through his Holy Spirit is through the word of God. And so we we have this text in, in Psalm 119 and it says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, notice what it says and more what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, Lord, your word shows me everything. No, no, no. Your word is a lamp to my feet. I can see that I'm walking on safe, good places, on a good pathway, and your light is on the path, showing me what I need to see right in front of me, not what is all out there. And maybe it's because God is protecting us. Maybe it's because if we knew where God was leading us, we'd think, whoo, maybe not so much. All right. Or maybe we just need to trust him one day at a time. And this is what he does, is he gives us his presence. Now, one of the things that I've noticed in this pandemic is really that a lot of us, and I'm going to include myself in this, is that I really don't trust God as much as I say I trust God, nor as much as I want to trust God. Because sometimes what I'm going to do is is I'm going to have my own sort of plan. And I'm going to say, God, don't worry. I got this. I've got the next 15 years of my life figured out. And so this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. I just need you to sign off here on the bottom, God, that you're cool with this. Right? This is what we do. Is we make our plans and we say, Lord, agree to it. And what we are actually doing is we're trying to convince God to trust us. God, I've thought a lot about my life and what's best for me. Just do things my way. And so really the question we have to ask ourselves in this season and in all seasons is do you actually trust God or are you just trying to convince God to trust you? 
Do you really trust that God is for your good and that God is working even when we can't see him, even when we don't know what is happening? Do we really trust God? Or have we just spent so much time and energy and effort trying to convince God that he can trust us? And so really, this is an exercise of trust, is living life one day at a time. And, and this is a journey that I've, I've been on in my own personal life of saying, you know what, I, I, I wish that I could control things for so many people in so many ways. But what God is inviting me to do is saying, Aaron, I don't need you to do all that. What I need you to do is be faithful today. And can you trust me for not the next thousand steps, but for the next one and for the next one after that? And, 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 and can you trust me with this? Because what God wants to do in the wilderness is to build up our trust muscles. So many of us don't have good trust muscles because we haven't had to use them. We haven't had to use our trust in God because we are so self-reliant. But God is saying, trust me. Can you trust me? And now that we're in the midst of a world in which we've never experienced now we have to use this. And so kids, in box three, I invite you to draw or write something um, that you need to trust God with. What does it look like to trust God? And so this is the journey that we're in, in this wilderness, is that we can trust in God's pathway, we can trust in his protection, and we can trust in God's presence because he is the way. John 14, 6 says it this way, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so what we believe is that Jesus is the way, all right? The Greek word is, is hodos, all right? The, and the Hebrew people would say Yahweh Sama, which means God guides. And what we believe is, is this. And when we say Jesus is the way, we are saying something extraordinary. Because we're not saying that Jesus knows the way. We're not saying that Jesus has gone along the way. We're not saying that he's aware of the way, all right, or he thinks he knows the way. We're saying Jesus is the way, and that it is our task to follow him, to walk after him along the pathway, that he is literally the light of the world, and he is the lamp that illuminates our steps and the pathway ahead. He is the only way to God. And this is an extraordinary statement that we make as people of faith. That there are many pathways in this life, but there is only one way. And that is Jesus. He is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light and the darkness. And that is who he is. And that's who he is for us in any year, but especially here in 2020. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament is, is Peter um, stepping out on the boat and walking on water. It's an extraordinary story. And so kids, as I share this story, I invite you in, in box four to draw a picture of Jesus and or Peter um, walking on water. But let me just sort of tell you the, the story. So Peter and the rest of the disciples, they get on the boat and they head to the other side of the sea. And Jesus says, I'll catch up with you later. He doesn't necessarily tell them how he's going to catch up to them later. He just says, go ahead. And, and so they, they go. And then later that night, they see uh, somebody walking on water towards them. Now, they think it's a ghost because that's what normal people would expect, right? Um, if you saw somebody walking on water, you would, you would panic too, right? Um, and you would be afraid. Um, but one of the great things I love about Peter um, is, is he just sort of puts himself out there, right? And, and so Jesus says these words, as they're all sort of panicked, he says these words, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. 
And so Peter sort of ups the ante because he's like, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out, of, out onto the water. And so Jesus invites him there. Now, I can only imagine being one of the disciples. Um, if I was a disciple of Jesus, I'd be like, Peter, that's crazy. Like, and I would probably be the disciple who would go like sixth or seventh, right? Let Peter go. Let Matthew go, you know. Let, let John go, you know. Let Judas go. See how that works out for him, right? You know, like, and then I'd be like, okay, I've seen enough evidence. Now I'm ready to go. But Peter's just like, let's do this, right? Take courage, that's me. I'm ready to be courageous. And so what's crazy is is he gets out of the boat and he walks on water. Like, can you imagine just everybody holding their breath as they waited? And then he steps on water. Now, what's important to note is where his eyes were doing. Because his eyes were focused on Jesus. And he came towards Jesus. And I can almost imagine Jesus being like, come on, Peter, it's safe. Come on, Peter, it's good. Come on, Peter, I know it's scary, but keep coming. Keep coming. And, and so Peter has his eyes fixed and focused on Jesus, and he's able to walk on the water. This had to be extraordinary. But then our text tells us this, is that when he saw the wind, now how do you see wind, right? Now maybe if you're walking on water, it's the waves that come up, all right? Um, it's at night, so you're probably not seeing a whole lot of stuff back there. Maybe you see Jesus' hair, long hair blowing in the wind. I don't know what it is, but he saw the wind. And the moment he, re- he saw the wind, he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And the Lord did. But he walked on water. What an extraordinary thing. Because he had faith in Jesus Christ. And because he trusted that Jesus makes a way when there seems to be no way. But it's as long as he was focused on Jesus. And I think what happens for us, and especially people who who've maybe we've been to church for a while, is, is we're going to focus on Jesus for a little bit, but there are so many things that can distract us from Jesus in this world, that, that we're going to turn our heads one way or another and, and look all sorts of different directions, but we have to keep our eyes focused. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus and just say, Lord, what's my next step? Can I take the next step of faith? And then the next step of faith? I mean, imagine what, how the story could have been different. If, you know, Peter just keeps walking towards Jesus and then they like turn around and show the rest of the disciples like, hey, come on, friends. See, that's what it's got to be like. One day at a time, one step at a time, courageously walking into the wilderness. And this is our journey, my friends, because there is a way in the wilderness and his name is Jesus. And so you can give in to confusion or fear or anxiety, or despair, or you can follow the hope and the light of the world in Jesus. And you can survive, and and maybe you can get through this, or you can thrive and become incredible people on the other side of this. And so I don't know how you're going to grow in this, but I know if you follow the steps of Jesus, we're going to enter into the promised land. And we're not just going to enter into the promised land as we were before, but we're going to enter into the promised land as the people God wants us to be. And so we're going to have this time of prayer, and I'm going to invite you to come up to the altar or stay in your seat. Um, If you're at home, maybe this is the time to even get on your knees and pray and just offer your body to God as a living sacrifice. But as we we come to this time of prayer, maybe for some of us, we need to, to give We need to say, God, I've been trying to survive, and I want to thrive, and I want you to mold me and make me. Lord, do your will in this place. 
But maybe also for some of us, we've been trying to go our own way. We've been trying to convince God to trust us when really we just need to put our trust in Jesus and say, Jesus, even if it's for this next week, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you for these next seven days. I'm just going to look towards you and I'm going to take one step at a time. I'm not going to worry about four weeks from now. I'm not going to worry about three months from now. I'm going to look and be intentional for you right now today. So let us have this time of prayer. I'll open us up and then you'll have some time of silent prayer. You're welcome to pray in your seats or here at the altar and then we'll continue our worship. But let us pray. So Lord, we pray that, Lord, we know that there are ways in which we do not trust you. We wish that wasn't the case. But Lord, we've gone our own way, our own pathway. Lord, we've, we've even got caught up in the wilderness and in the jungle. And, and Lord, sometimes we've been so afraid and so anxious, we don't know what to do. And so Lord, today as a people, we say we choose to trust you. And we hear your words of faith that say, take courage, do not be afraid, it is I. And so we follow you as the way in the wilderness. Lord, lead us and guide us. And may your presence be as apparent to us as a cloud or as the fire that led the Israelites. And so we pray to you at this time and in this place. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.